Good morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. God, as we just uh, quiet down, as we put our mind on on things above, Lord, I, I know there's so much, there's so much in your word, Lord. There's always something to work on. Often we fail. God, but I pray that you help us find that balance, God, that place of living in grace because you've given it, in that place of still making every effort. God, not to earn anything, but every effort to respond to what you've done. Lord, that as we take steps, God, and you shape us, and sometimes you've got to chisel things away, and God, we're all this work in progress. But we're, we're your workmanship, God. And I just, I pray, Lord, that uh, you just help us in our heart, in our mind, in our soul. Come to that place of, of knowing that we're loved, God. And knowing that there's work to be done. And just allowing you to transform us, God, as we follow Jesus. Just be with us this morning. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so today, uh, we're going to keep going with our, with our gospel thing. And, uh, you know, we've been, we've been talking about that. And, and uh, we've been saying this phrase, the gospel that you live is the gospel you believe, or the gospel you believe is, I said that backwards. I have slight dyslexia. If you don't know that by now, you're going to learn it, <laughs> usually with numbers. But it happens in other areas, too. The gospel we believe is the gospel we live, and, and I truly do believe that to be true. You know, we, we can say a lot with our mouths, but it's usually backed up in, in how we live. And so, um, you know, I really believe the way, the way we, we believe things, our worldview, it's played out in our actions every, every day. And so uh, I got fancy and smart, and I got the, uh, the Greek word for uh, repentance, because we're going to be talking about repentance today. And uh, I'm probably not going to say it correctly, uh, some of you scholars out there, but it's matineo, and it's a, a change after being with, a change of mind, and a turn from a direction. And I've always, uh, I've always liked to think about it, you know, in, in, in Christ's depiction of, hey, if you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross and come on. To me, uh, like that's as I read through Scripture, that's this culminating point of repentance. Um, you know, as this this turnaround moment uh, in in the change in my life and the change in direction. Um, Matthew uh, chapter five verse four says, "Blessed are those who mourn, uh, for they shall be comforted." And I was as I was thinking about this this message, like that word kept coming up. I. Uh, uh, and, and in other ways too, like I'm just not in preparation, I would be listening to something and that, that word would keep coming up and this godly sorrow for sin, you know? Um, and I don't, you know, I don't know where you are with things. Sometimes uh, the way I live my life, 
you know, I'll get casual with something. I won't put the emphasis there that I need to, or things kind of just become passive. Um, but man, you know, when we sin against God, like just really understanding, you know, what that means and how that hurts him and hurts us. And that, that, that should be, I hope, hope, hope that it's happened to you and hope that it's there. But this, this spiritual, um, just sadness, this mourning that, that goes on, um, because I think, I think the seriousness in it is going to lead us to, to the longing to change. You know, it's going to, it's going to lead us to, to want to think differently. It's going to alter our path. Uh, and, and so, you know, what should we do when we have this, we have this mourning process and, I instantly, every time I think about that, you know, what should we do? I think about when the, the Jews ask that question, you know, what should we do uh, in Acts 2? And so I'll read that, 36, 37, and 38 in Acts chapter 2. It says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you've crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What shall we do? You know, there, there's a response. Um, this whole uh, just repentance attitude. And I, and I know, you know, at the, at the time that we come to believe in Christ and, and we're called to repentance, I know there's this like, I hope, again, I hope there's this big moment of repentance. You know, I'm turning my life, I'm giving it to Jesus. But I, but I think, I believe that, that there needs to be just a repentant heart as we go through life. I mean, Dave was hitting on it in his, in his communion meditation. It's this, this daily thing um, of, of surrender, of picking up my cross and, and following Jesus. And this message doesn't go over very well, well in our culture. You know, it's, uh, we don't want to call sin, sin. We need easier words. Um, you know, because don't make me feel bad about the choices that I'm making, right? Uh, please don't do that, um, because I, I want to be able to do what I want to do, and uh, I don't want to feel bad about my decisions. It, it's, one of, it's one of the reasons people don't like to talk about Jesus, because if Jesus is who he says he is, then you kind of got to deal with it. He's kind of in your face, but if he's not who he says he is, well, then I can just kind of keep on living the way I want to live, and uh, I don't have to feel bad, and I, I get to to kind of be my own God, if you will, make my own rules. Um, so, uh, so I want to uh, I want to read in Second Corinthians seven, um, and I want to talk about repentance and why sometimes we don't have that heart and what we gain from having that heart. So, Second Corinthians seven ten and eleven, it says, "For godly grief produces a repentance, godly grief that leads to salvation without regret." Whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what was earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point, you have proved yourselves innocent in the matter. So again, just this this godly grief when I'm not living the spiritual life that I'm called to live. When I'm not living that life that the Bible talks about worthy of what Jesus has done for me, you know? Um, and again, I know, uh, you know, I was just praying for everybody over this, and I know, I know it's like, that's why I was praying the way I was praying before we started. Like, there's this balance in there because 
It's easy to be like, well, I'm, just, I'm not enough, and I'm, I'm just human, and I mess up all the time, and I'm never going to get it right. And we just beat ourselves down to the point that we feel worthless, right? You can take that route. We're never going to live up to this perfect God, right? I'm never going to... And, and that's, the, that's the thing. I mean, that's why Jesus did what he did. But there's a response to what Jesus did, and we don't also get to sit there and be like, well, I just am who I am, and that's not what the Bible says for us to do. And so I hope when we are sinning, if we sin, that there's a godly grief that leads us to repentance, um, that, that leads us to alter our mind and path. And, and um, so most of the time, though, I mean, if we're honest, we know what's right. We know what the right choice is most of the time. Every once in a while, like, things stump us. You know, like, there's a situation that arises, and, man, I gotta, you know, I gotta, like, just work this out for a minute. I don't, I really don't know what's right. Um, I've had a couple of those come my way lately, and I'm sitting there digging through Scripture and stories, and like, well, this story kind of says this, and this story, and I don't know which one uh, applies here. Uh, so sometimes it's, it's difficult. But most of the time, uh, especially when it comes to just sin, we know what's right, you know? And, and then when we cross the line, when we mess up, like, what keeps us from having a repentant heart? You know, what, what, what holds us back from that? And I, I, I thought through about three things. And one of them, uh, especially if you're in a, a relationship with another believer, uh, usually, I hope, repentance leads to, to, to conversation with someone. You know, uh, the Bible says, confess. That's what it says. And we've talked about that. I know we can confess. Christ is our mediator. I know all that. But it also says to confess to one another. Why? For healing. Not for salvation, but for healing. Like there's something to that. And I hope it's something you grow into if you're not already doing that. But so repentance brings exposure, right? I got to let somebody see in here. Sometimes that isn't always very pretty. What are they going to think of me if they know? Sometimes it forces us to, hey, I got to change something. And maybe you got to change something that you kind of like. But you know it's not godly. And we just don't want to. So if, if I don't think about it and if I don't deal with it, then, it, you know, it's good, you know. Um, and sometimes it makes us feel like we're going to lose control, give up who we are. So repentance isn't always easy, and it definitely goes against our nature and our flesh, right? But what happens when we repent, okay? Like, that's the, that's the amazing thing about the, the Bible. Like, when... <laughs> I, I know I've shared this, but I, I remember uh, Dallas Willard saying this, you know, like, even if, even if you took the, the spiritual stuff out of it and you just listened to the teachings of Jesus, the life that it would produce is amazing. And if we just do what it says, you know, God calls us to be repentant. So the first one is it produces fruit. Uh, Acts twenty six twenty. Acts twenty six twenty, But declared first to those in Damascus then in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and also to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds, fruit in keeping with repentance. It produces something. You know, when, we, when we're living a repentant life, it's going to produce something in us. It's going to produce some fruit. And obviously, you know, we want that in our life because the Bible says you can tell a tree by its fruit. You get to experience God's goodness. Uh, there again, there's another just kind of opposite thinking. Like if I, if I deal with this and I get all this stuff out there, like, oh, you know, God's going to hate me or God's going to, 
Like we get to experience God's goodness. It's, it's part of freedom in Christ. Is this like letting go of this stuff and releasing it, not holding on to it, not continuing in it. Um, Romans uh, 2.4 says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So there's this ongoing thing of getting to experience God. And, and the last one I wrote down was just to grow. We get to grow spiritually. You know, we're supposed to be maturing in Christ. We're supposed to be um, clothing ourselves with Christ. We're supposed to look more and more like him as we walk this journey. Ephesians 5.13 says, But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. We're supposed to be that city on a hill. We're supposed to be shining. And when we're, and when we're holding things in and when we're, we're, we're not being obedient, golly, it just ends up tainting that light or it makes us kind of reclusive and we're just going to put on a show and we're going to hide who we are and it makes us ultimately ineffective and we're called to grow spiritually. We've been going over this, uh, this definition of, uh, of the gospel, and I want to read it uh, to you again. And then uh, when I, um, I think we just got one more sermon on this. I'm, I've been teetering with breaking it into two, but uh, I think just one. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to print this out and give it to everybody, just a copy of this. It's a good thing uh, to have around. But it says, The kingdom of God has come through Jesus of Nazareth, to restore relationship with mankind. He is the Christ, the King, God's one and only Son. He died on the cross for our sins and was buried and was resurrected on the third day according to the Scriptures. In His great love and by His amazing grace, God our Father saves everyone who repents of their sins, believes in Him, and follows Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. When King Jesus returns on the last day for His church, all who have been restored and followed Him will enter the eternal kingdom of God. Um, I just, I, man, I love that. I read that a lot. Read it as just a, a marker of, hey, hey, remember. You know, we, we need to, again, make sure we're living out the real thing. Um, there's a, uh, uh, I may have shared this with you before, there's a, uh, an artist, a rap artist, uh, his name is Tadashi, and he's got this song, and this just popped up while I was thinking about all this stuff. In the beginning of it, um, before he gets into his, um, to his stuff, like he's got a preacher on there that, that did a, a sermon on uh, sin. And the preacher says, uh, murmur, murmur, murmur. I hear everybody murmuring about their sin. And he said, basically, when are we going to get serious and make war? You know? And the Bible uses those same terms. You know, it talks about our flesh warring against our spirit, uh, warring against God, and, and how it's, it, it literally is just this fight, this battle um, going on. You know, and I, like if we were in a real battle, you know, I, I know some of us have experienced that. I have not, but I just got to believe that if I was in a, in a real battle and things were going on, I'm probably going to mess up some, right? I'm not going to do every little thing correctly. I'll fall down. I'll trip on something. I'll do, I'll do something wrong, but I'm going to keep getting up, and I'm going to keep fighting the fight. And I think sometimes we, we fall to that side of like, you know what? I'm just never going to get it. I'm just never going to get where God wants me to be. God wants you right where you're at. He loves you right where you're at. 
And the amazing thing is it's really for you. This whole process is, is for your transformation. And, and we need to be making war. Uh, that, that's the image that keeps popping in my head against our sin. You know, we'll get on political rants and situational rants, and we'll, man, we'll fight tooth and nail. There's a rock quarry somewhere getting built, I think. I see these signs all over. And, and people get behind these things, and we get adamant about it, you know, and we get angry, man. <laughs> like, people fight over some stuff. And we'll go to war over a lot of things. But we, do we go to war over our sin? I'm not saying we don't need to stand up for some other things. Don't. But do we go over to war against our flesh? Are we engaged in this battle? Are we repentant? Are we picking up our cross daily and following after God? In the littlest ways, in the little things, they add up to be big things. You're not going to accomplish everything tomorrow. I may not have gone into the military, but I've been in youth ministry a long time. And I, several students of mine have gone through, and I have family members who have been in the military. And, you know, as soon as they signed up, they sent them to another country and handed them a gun and said, go. Nope. They went to, to basic training, right? At least the ones I experienced did. Maybe other times have gone for other things, but they went and learned. They went and trained. It's a process. There's a building to it. Same thing with us. We're in this process. As long as we're here breathing, we're in this process, and we need to be taking those steps. So I was walking through, uh, I was walking through the woods. Um, I feel like I said this the other day, and if I did, apologize. It just fits in here so good. So if I said it, oops. Um, I talk to myself a lot. Um, so like I've already preached this sermon like four times this week to empty rooms and the car and everything else because I just like this all boils over and I can't keep it in and so I just am preaching like you guys are sitting there all the time so really if you just hung out with me and follow me around we, we just wouldn't have to do this um but uh I was uh, walking through my woods and uh I don't think I told you guys this I ate a muscadine I ate a bunch of muscadines they're growing wild everywhere good year for muscadines got I mean they're all over Georgia but um and I ate one and I was on like the sixth or seventh one and and uh and my mouth went numb for about an hour. That's not a normal muscadine thing, by the way. I don't know what animal peed on that or what happened, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't a good day for me. I was like, oh, what just happened? And like, I couldn't like, really just tingle it for an hour. And I was like, should I go to the doctor? I don't know. Um, and I didn't tell anybody, of course. Shay's like, you didn't, why you should have come and told me? I was like, why? We could just worried together, you know? And I just thought, well... I'll just keep walking around, and if I fall over, somehow I'll figure it out. Um, I didn't eat any more of those. <laughs> I dropped them. Um, but, you know, I was eating them, and, and before that one, they were, they were good. I mean, I, I love muscadines, man. I wish they grew year-round. So we've planted. I know I've shared that with you guys, and we've, we've, I dug holes. Shay's done everything else. I, I can't even put we in that. Um, Shay's fertilized them. She trims them every year does all the things you're supposed to do. Uh, and I got to tell you, there is no comparison to the flavor from the ones that we're growing versus the ones in the woods. They are so much better. I mean, it's amazing. And I, I'm like, like I, I see the ones in the woods, and I just bypass them to go to our vines. 
Ours are twice the size. They got way more flavor. They're juicier. And I'm like, this is awesome. And you want to know why? Because Shay's done all this work to make sure they're healthy. This is why they talk about the vine in Scripture. And we've laid out, like, we got these things laid out that we get to do so that we're more effective and that we're healthy. I did an entire series starting this year, and that's why I started with that. This whole spiritual discipline thing. Little things that I can be working on to be healthy. We're going to be more effective. So you can go out the door and you can kind of just do status quo and God can use you. Yep, he can. And you can say that and he can. He can use anybody. But he's also laid out a pretty elaborate plan for you to grow up and for me to grow up. And I believe it starts with a repentant heart. I really do. I believe, we believe, and just having this repentant heart to get up, to pick up my cross, and to follow Jesus, to make war on my sin, and live a life of repentance. So this, this week, I was struggling um, pretty heavy with something, and uh, I... Yeah, I, if you find yourself in the same place, and I'm, I'm kind of confessing right here, um, you know, like my first my first reaction to the struggle was, well, I, I got to call I got to call my ministry friends. I need to get their advice. I need to get their opinion. And man, there's I mean, I got a lot of godly people in my life. That's a good thing. I'm very thankful for that. And there's a time and a place for that too, right? Talk through things. Somebody's gonna see something you don't. Um, I, I ended up having a conversation uh, with, a, with a minister over some of this stuff out in California. And, I mean, it was good. Man, he poured it back into me, uh, you know, and he's, he's not involved in it in any way, right? He's completely separated, so he had no emotional attachment. He's got to give it to me. And it was good. I needed to hear some stuff. But it was saddened me that that was my first thought. I didn't go to my knees in prayer I didn't seek God on it. I just instantly turned to people. Man, not, not knocking anybody's opinions around here. I'm just saying, like, we need to seek God first. We need to do this His way. And, and I've had a repentant heart over that this week. I've, I've really struggled with that. Because it was a spiritual matter of all things. And my first instinct was to turn to my fellow believers instead of turning to my God. And that really bothered me. And it reminded me that oftentimes we don't want to put in the spiritual work, do we? I love drive-through. Man, and I love, uh, you talk about a blessing from COVID, mobile apps, baby. They have just, woohoo! All the restaurants have got on board. I can order all my food and just pull up. I'm like, Jeff Beckham's here. Give me my order. I got my order. I'm like, this is awesome. And we do that far, far too often with our faith. I'm going to call everybody else and let them, hey, the preacher's preaching to me on Sunday. That's, that's, that's who will step on my toes. Not that I don't like stepping on your toes, but man, sometimes we forego the spiritual work 
And we, we reap it. We reap it. Make every effort, Peter says. Make every effort. I have that verse written in a few places and I remind myself of that all the time. Am I making every effort? Hey, I didn't get it right this morning. Like, hey, all right. They're, you're still breathing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but when I get on my little exercise kicks that happen once every five or so years, um, it's like Monday. I'll start Monday. You know, I never start on Sunday or Friday or Thursday. Monday. And then Monday rolls around, and let's just be honest, Mondays are usually Mondays, and man, I'll, I'll start tomorrow. You know? <laughs> and we just, oh. I love you, church. I love our church. I love our church, man. I, I, I was just, again, as I was preaching this 89 times this week and thinking about you guys and praying for you guys, and I just, I love what God's doing here. And I just wanted to encourage you this morning, man. I'm not trying to beat you up, man. This isn't a go home and, I'm, you know, I'm not good enough. That's why I've been praying against that all morning. It's not a not good enough thing. It's just, are we making every effort? Are you doing the things to develop spiritually? If you, if you still feel lost in that, man, reach out. Man, I got tons of books I haven't read I can give you. I mean, just tons of stuff. Because yeah. people give them to me all the time. You read this. And I'm like, ah. I love you. And we're in this together. And I want to see us all grow up into Christ. And just be this force to be reckoned with. Right? Satan's real. Evil's real. And it's, it's fighting out there. And I want it to break. I want it to get broken when it hits us. Because we're Christ, and we're living for Him in everything we're doing. Make every effort. Repent. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank You for loving us. Thank You for grace and mercy, and I love those words. I love them. God, but sometimes I hope we have a desire for words like repentance and confession. Because you tell us in Scripture that going through trials, going through tough things is what's honestly going to develop us. Even though we don't want to go through them, God. We, we, I enjoy the comfort moments. I do. As Tabitha was singing uh, last week, you've got on the mountain and the valley... As Billy was reminding us, most of the time we live in the middle, in the grind, right? God, help us to stay in the battle. Lord, help us to rest. You rested. You tell us to rest. God, I, I pray that we learn these spiritual things and, and we truly do walk as Jesus walked. He took time to be alone with you. He prepared for battle. He put on the full armor. God, if we're living in sin right now, if there's just some things we've not confessed, if there's some things we're just hanging on to, Lord, I pray that we, that we just find that person to share that with, God, that we have that godly sorrow, that you convict us, that you cut us to the heart like the Jews were that day, that, you don't keep letting, let, that we don't keep living in that, God, that you discipline those you love, you discipline your children. Restore us, Lord.
Thank you for sending your one and only son. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you for everything that happened in those incredible days when he gave up his spirit. When he resurrected. And when he ascended, promising to return. I pray that we're our bride ready, ready for the return. Thank you for establishing your church through him. Thank you for your Holy Spirit and the gift we have living inside of us that helps us walk this out. Help us to live a life of repentance. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to stand and sing our, our closing.